Welcome to Lou Boys SC. We've got a brand new episode for you guys here. We're going to kind of switch it up a little bit. We've had a fair amount of player interviews, and we kind of want to just touch base on a few soccer news that we've been getting here in St. Louis, in the USL, MS, MLS, and all over the world. I'm here with my buddy, Will Sutton, and we're going to talk about some of those topics today. I'm excited uh, to get into it with you. Yes. Talk about the soccer yes. news going Let's on. go ahead and cover St. Louis City first, don't you think? We're here in St. Louis. We got to hit some of this big news that came out last week. Yeah, they've got a lot going on. And uh, yeah, big news announcing their first sponsor, um, actually, their jersey sponsor, uh, Nestle Purina. So, Freaking nice. awesome. I'm, I'm so excited that they went the route of of Purina, you know, there was a lot of talk and things going around of who it was going to be, Monsanto, MBEV, Boeing, some of these huge companies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Purina kind of slid underneath the radar there. They were able to just like sneak in and grab it. Too f- yeah, it was nice that they they picked somebody who's been in St. Louis over 100 years. And I mean, I kind of secretly hoped it would be them because of their like checkered uh, logo could make for an interesting jersey design, but I didn't realistically think it would happen. So, honestly, Exciting. my my favorite thing about the partnership is that it's two companies, St. Louis City, Perina, that are going to truly give it all to St. Louis because they're not a monstrosity. They don't you don't see Perina sponsoring a whole lot of sports teams or. Right. areas all over the world they're they're this is truly i think their first professional team sponsorship right uh, yeah i believe that to be true i did, i mean i'd have to check on nestle as a whole but can't can't say that i've seen them on like a jersey or nestle, stadium sponsor either. yeah they, they sponsor a fair amount of of i think activities and teams but to be full-blown st louis perina partnering two female owners it's going to be something really cool yeah that is cool two yeah female ceos and just the fact that they're so close both being downtown is also unique i love the idea of a dog friendly stadium i'm interested to see the type of ideas they can bring out of the their hats there yeah i think they've already announced they'll have like uh adoption days i guess on days where the team isn't playing um so that'll be cool i'm, pu- I'm uh, pulling where i get to watch a soccer game with my dog in my lap that's what i'm pulling for <laughs> my 100 pound dog i want him sitting in my lap go watch oh, watch some soccer with my pup what's, what's better than that that'd be great i just i feel like the uh stadium ops crew would be against that and all the uh <laughs> we'll have, dog cleanup <laughs> we'll have a designated area <laughs> yeah I mean, that's possible I think I think it's possible. Maybe not all the time or something that you do on the regular, but it, it could be a cool fan engagement type thing. For sure. Um what they they also announced uh to do some to kind of gear it towards the team, they've announced tryouts for guys in the local area. What do you, what are your feelings towards that? Cuz I know their first time of having some kind of invite only tryouts didn't go over so smoothly. Hopefully this one goes a little bit better because it's way more marketed and out there. Right. Last time, I mean, 
just from the pictures, you can see it was very um, selective. Would probably be the yeah. best term to put it, just not to get into anything. Yeah, not a very diverse group of uh, individuals. So, yeah, I hope. I mean, St. Louis is a very diverse community. I mean, got inner city and got the Bosnian community. It's huge here. So hopefully, hopefully, some of them are able to come out for the the reopen tryout dates coming up at the start of the end of the month. Yeah, they go. They start at the end of the month, and they go pretty much to to June, right? Yeah, I think that's correct. Early I, June. I'm hoping that they kind of, since they're trying to reach so many different areas in St. Louis, and St. Louis is one of those cities where you have the city, and then you have a lot of the suburbs that kind of outreach further than the city. I'm hoping that they kind of have these tryouts in different areas, and they're not just in one spot. I hadn't mm-hmm. I hadn't done much reading on the actual venues they're going to hold it at, but I think it'd be cool if they kind of rotated their venue and had it in different areas rather than just making everybody come to one spot. Because there might be players that don't have transportation, or maybe you got that guy that lives in the hill and doesn't have a car and can't make it all the way out to Mo Rush or you know even Old Rams Park where Lou Fuse occupies now. Could just be yeah, I think, a different type I of think, scenario. Yeah, Rams Park is, I think, where the first tryouts were held. So, yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm hoping they bring it around. Maybe they go to some local high schools. You know, Slu's down there. You've got Slu University, Slu High School. You got WashU, and then you've got obviously all the suburbs of Kirkwood and Webster and Marquette and all that. Mo Rush, Creve Corps. Mm-hmm. They've got plenty of options to to allow for people to come from all over into like a, a meeting place. Yeah. I'm interested to see what kind of clientele they can have showing up. It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. They're going to have an age limit. Oh, fives, right? Yeah. They're looking for Oh fives and Oh sixes um, to get their Academy going. So. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Did you have any thoughts on the updated stadium renderings that we saw or I guess not necessarily the stadium, but the whole. I, I the think whole it's thing, I think, like the training center. And, I think the training yeah. center is gonna be freaking amazing. I'm jealous, like <laughs> I'm jealous. And you know when you have players that have already gone through it and everything and played at different levels, to get you jealous and excited, wishing you played for that. I can't even imagine what some of the kids that have the potential to do that feel. Just that it's just bringing a whole nother excitement to the level of soccer in the, this community. You know, when, when you have something new and you have something exciting, I feel like it kind of almost brings out a next gear in those top level players that are trying to find an opportunity. For sure. How about you? What do you, what do you think? I mean, what do you think of the renderings? It, it doesn't look like too much has changed, but they're making some fine tweaks and stuff. I'm, I'm really excited about the, the city fields that are going to have pretty much, it sounds like be open to the public at all times. Oh, I'm not, I'm not totally familiar with that. I know they're trying to yeah, have coaching kind of like coaching sessions for free. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like they're going to try and so open be... up the, the fields where inner city kids can come and, and maybe do a practice or meet somebody and get into the sport. That's awesome. I was, I was not totally familiar with that. So that would be that would be great. I mean, I just love how the training centers 
right across the street from the stadium. I think it's so cool that they can just walk over and the academy kids are so close to the the guys on the first team. Well, the, the cool thing is you'll have that connection. You know, hopefully yeah. that means that the academy guys and the first team guys kind of have a relationship, whereas some other teams you'll see a little bit of a disconnect. We've mm-hmm. talked about this in previous pods with our interviews and how there's a disconnect between the USL and the MLS. Hopefully with the MLS next starting, this can kind of create a bridge for those players that are trying to make that next step and not necessarily feel like they get stuck in a hole playing for the USL. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool ideas coming out of the St. Louis and I'm excited to see where it goes in the next two years. Cause even though we're talking about all this cool stuff right now, it's still not going to happen until 2023. And I feel like I'm just ready for it to start already. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to hear uh roster roster news and manager decisions but we've still got we gotta wait probably more than at least a year to wait yeah until we get stuff like that oh yeah. so hopefully we hopefully we get some more like little little news leaking out every month or so we can only hope bro we can only hope will mm-hmm. well, let's mm-hmm. let's go ahead and uh gear it towards some of our uh, americans over there in europe yeah let's talk usa uh i mean i guess They've looked, uh, the senior team has looked okay. They've looked fine in their uh, friendlies with Jamaica and Northern Ireland while uh, the U23 squad failed to make the Olympics for the third straight time, which was disappointing. But It's disappointing and shocking, but also at the same time, I kind of see how it happened, if that makes sense. I'm. We have what four, five or six guys up on the men's team that were eligible to play for that game. You had Christian, yeah. you had Reina, you had Dest. Mm-hmm. Was now Way wasn't in camp and McKenzie wasn't in camp, but they both would have been eligible, correct? Yeah, and McKinney would have been eligible. McKinney, and then you have uh, Musa. He's eligible. So we have yeah. these guys that are literally solidifying their their starting spots on the men's team that could have been playing for our U23. Now, do I blame him for having them play in Ireland in the Jamaica game? Not necessarily, because I think – Getting our chemistry is his top priority right now. You know, not making the World Cup, the last World Cup, was, I would say, more of an embarrassment than the Olympics. Right. So I think his eyes are set on 100% chemistry going into 2022 World Cup. Which may lead to a little bit of a lapse of judgment or mistake of who should play where to qualify maybe, or maybe they had too much faith in the, the middle rung guys that are on the national team, but don't quite make it outside of the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are some of your thoughts on it? I mean, I think you're right that building chemistry on the senior team, 
like heading into Nations League and Gold Cup and Olympic or World Cup qualifying is most important since the rest of the world doesn't really take the Olympics as seriously for the men because it's only U23. I mean, that being said, when you don't have your A squad guys because those guys are on the senior team, I mean, there were still several MLS guys um, who are like regular starters who were eligible that either their MLS teams didn't release them to take part, I guess, for fear of getting injured or building chemistry on their MLS team leading into their season, along with a few questionable decisions by kind of the coaching staff to not bring some guys in. Like I think Jeremy uh, Ebobasi was kind of in camp and they, when they made their final roster decisions, they chose not to keep them. I mean, there just like weren't that many regular starters on this team. Um, Honestly, I think it's rude that the MLS is even able to, or the MLS teams are able to hold you out of representing your country. I think that should solely be based on the player's decision. Granted, I know these players are making a lot of money for their clubs and stuff, but a fear of injury can't be something that dictates a decision you make. The the biggest observation of that is Pulisic. Like, you don't really know when they're going to get injured, how they're going to get injured. The worst thing I feel you can do for a player is to try to be too overbearingly preventative because then you just, one, miss out of opportunities, and two, maybe that leads to an injury. Like, Mm -hmm. what makes playing in a qualifying game any less of a risk than playing against your buddies in training. I get how competitive it gets in training on some of those professional teams. Like you're fighting for a spot. It's not like they're taking it easy. So I think the argument can go both ways. I I think I've never agreed with the fact that the club king necessarily can say, Hey, we're not going to release you. I get it. I just don't like it. Yeah. Same. Even coming from a player standpoint, I, I can't even see them liking it. Like being told you can't represent your country and maybe a chance to, to represent them on a bigger stage. Like who doesn't dream of that? Right. That I mean a good performance there could help them get more Starting of a look on the on senior club team. team. Yeah. Club team or yeah a longer look um by the senior team. Yeah. So unfortunate another missed opportunity to help grow soccer in the u.s and uh, gain chemistry for these young guys it de- it definitely puts a lot more pressure on the the first team and having to do well these next olympics i feel yeah oh the next world cup then ne- i'm sorry yes the next world cup my apologies yeah. what are your feeling towards uh pulsage yeah, he just went down for another hamstring injury. Well, I mean, uh, as Coach Thomas Tuchel says he's good to go in their Champions League match tomorrow. So, um, I hope I hope he gets to start. Yeah, I'm guessing I would guess coming off the bench after yeah a slight Fear. tweak of the hamstring. Yeah, 
But do you think do you think Chelsea's his best uh, best team for his long term? Yeah, aspirations. Or? That's a very hard question. I'm a Chelsea fan, so ultimately, yes, I want to say yes. <laughs> but for Christian, huh. I'm not. Well, I'm not completely sold. Just because of the way it, how rocky it's been, and the way they've kind of handled him, maybe that club isn't the correct club to handle a type of player that he is. I don't know what the right club would be, but to me, in the eyes of of a fan and watching, I always feel that if there's a player that's continuously getting injured under one club, something must change. Because he's obviously still an elite player. He's still one of the greatest players that the United States have. Obviously. Mm-hmm. But something's missing. Something's not clicking. There's some type of disconnect between what he needs or what he's not getting that is leading to him getting all these injuries. And I just hate to see that. I, I want to see him break records and become one of the greatest soccer players in the world that he has potential to be. That may not be at Chelsea, and I have to swallow that pill and accept it. <laughs> but it may not be. Yeah, I mean, we we saw that, you know, for a time last year. He looked like he could be one of the best players in the Premier League, in in the world, uh, for stretches. But maybe the Premier League is maybe it's too physical for him. Uh, I don't. I don't maybe. know if it's the Premier League. I almost feel it's it, it's deeper than that. I feel like it comes out of the training. Maybe Chelsea's style of training is not correct for him. I'm just I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Cuz I feel like the German league is pretty physical as well. I feel I feel like the Bundesliga and La Liga are a little more less, finesse. Way well, yeah, less so than the than the Premier League. A little higher scoring, a little more open. Yeah. How about your uh, feelings on what Way's doing over there? Yeah, I mean, Timothy Way has looked looked great for for Lille this year. Uh, I mean, to me, he looks like he should he should be a men's national team starter right now, which uh, really complicates things with the lineup if if he's in there. Uh, is his right is Gio Reyna starting then? Uh, I mean, who's on the bench if he's is Musa starting? Who, like, yeah, who, right? It, it could definitely get tricky, but I also think there's a way to be able to work him in, and I, I think that's kind of why we saw that uh, three back system against Ireland. I think the coaches see that and recognize that we might need five midfielders in the game just simply because of the talent we have there. Maybe so. Maybe Dest is on is one wing back, and maybe they make uh, Timothy Weah another kind of inverted. Uh, it's a potential, yeah. Back. Not that it's his position or what I see him playing, but his potential. Mm-hmm. We have we have a hundred percent opening on, at right back. Honestly, we have an opening at right back and center back. We don't really know who that's going to be. Everybody seems to think center back's going to be Brooks, but. You never really know. 
I think he's pretty safe, but it's kind of more of a question of who's on the right. Oh, 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 right. I was thinking, you know, four in the back, but you're still talking about three in the back. Yeah, just three in the back. I'm talking if it was based off the three in the back with Tim Way trying to start. Mm -hmm. The bigger question is DK. DK is coming for Josh Sargent's spot. (laughs) Jordan Morris. Like, these are guys that have been pretty much a staple in the U.S. the past couple of years, and then DK comes out of nowhere. Can't say nowhere because we know we you and I personally have been watching him through college. We've watched yeah. him at Virginia. We knew we knew DK was coming. Mm-hmm. But this guy's on fire. I mean, what, seven goals in eleven games? I think I think seven and thirteen, maybe. Seven and thirteen games. Yeah. Give or take a game or two. He's on yeah. fire. Right. He's almost an I, I saw when I was watching the them play against Ireland, he got on the field three and a half seconds later, he's got a goal opportunity. Off the throw-in, coming off the field. He is just such a force out there. He's so physical and fast, and I, maybe he's not the most technical guy, but, I mean, he has a rocket of a shot. I mean, he's He's pretty technical when you come to his size. Like, getting him off the ball – his capabilities of just being able to shield that he's proving that right now over in Europe. You single handedly have to be a more tactical player to survive over at Europe. It's not as much running gun like it is here in the MLS. A little bit I, I could you could even argue a little bit of a slower pace. It's just different. I'm I'm so, interested to see how that up top goes. Yeah. Right now do you think uh DK has a better national team career than Josie Altador. That's just who comes to mind as the, like the most the comparison. Yeah. Closest comp. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, Josie's uh, like the number three all-time scorer for the U S he is. And I think if DK can surpass out the door, then he, the hill will have accomplished so much. Hmm. I mean, he's only 20 years old. Right. 19. Is he 19? Uh, he's, he's 19 or 20. He, uh, he's only spent a year at college. Whew. He's played one, one year. Homegrown Oklahoma muscle. <laughs> Josie's got a little advantage, though, because he started even younger than that. So Yeah. Well, he he has a little bit of an advantage, but I'm telling you, DK's coming. <laughs> Just you watch. So, that score is putting himself on the map. Yeah. Reportedly, Orlando City turned down like a $10 million offer from a top six Premier League team. Which do is heartbreaking. Think, do you think? Do you think they're holding out for more than that? They're hoping. I think they. 20- I think they think his stock is going to go up. Right now, it looks like a good bet, yeah. But I, he, I, I see in the next month or so, I see him going for around 18, maybe 20. I hope this isn't – I hope he's not back in MLS this year. I don't, I don't see how he can improve his game much more. Uh, 
coming back to the U.S. rather than continuing to develop at a higher European level? Exactly. I think the MLS has a little bit more growing to do. I think the MLS potentially could become a competitive market for those top guys in their prime. I hope they're, yeah, not being selfish and pulling a, you know, a Red Bulls with Aaron Long situation where they just don't want to lose their star player. Yeah. We can talk um, a little bit here Um, about uh, Way's brother, cousin, Patrick. Uh, Cousin. Cousin. He just got signed by the uh, Uh, Philadelphia Union, correct? Minnesota United. Yeah, they signed him to like a five-year. Three games with Slew, and he's already in the professional league. Crazy. I don't know if that means that he's like legit, (laughs) or if he simply just kind of was playing until he heard something. You know, with COVID and everything, there was just such uncertainty that I feel like guys are kind of latching on any opportunity that they could have. Whereas we mm-hmm. see three games in, he's moving to Minnesota. I mean, he's he's already scored a couple goals in their preseason matches, so maybe he'll get maybe he'll get some time really on the cool. field. It'd be year, really cool to see he's got. I'm sad we don't get to watch him here in St. Louis. It's a bummer because it was exciting. Yeah. Another big name here in St. Louis to potentially get Slew back up into their their rightful position of king of NCAA. I think their last good run was like 08. Early Robbie Cristo years. That might even be before him. Right now, if you were to bet on a guy on the national team for the next 10 years, kind of being the face of the team or the, you know, the heart of the team, who would, who would you put your money on? Being a U.S.'s best. I'm putting Weston. my money on Weston. Yeah, interesting. I think he, in my mind, has personally taken over the best player in the United States. Inside of me, that's personally come. That's been a long time coming. I've always had a little bit of an iffy spot with Christian. I have nothing against him. Just simply, I've never in my entire time of watching him been able to see him complete a season he's right he's injured or there's always just some little knickknack that that's preventing him from the next step whereas weston's kind of flown underneath the radar of just pure grind and you see the numbers they there was an uh a guy I follow that tweeted out Weston's numbers when he was in Juventus lineup and when he was out of it for 22 games. And the numbers with him in it were so much greater than with him out of it that my mind just can't wrap around the fact that Juventus does not have him as a regular starter. I, I'm just impressed that he's getting quality minutes at club like Juventus. Uh in his first year there. So I think he'll be a regular starter in no time. After you think so? He's shown this season. He's played 24 matches and he's got four goals for yeah. them in Syria. And then he's played seven matches for them in the Champions League and he's got one goal. Probably plenty no, of he assists, plays, though. I mean, he plays really... in the central mid, so he's not like the guy that's getting goals every time. He does a lot of 
But they do yeah. play him on the wing a little bit, so he has glimpses of that raw scorer. I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just a huge fan of the style he plays. He feel, I feel like he can just take on so much. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a great, great two way player. Definitely seems like a good leader. He uh, seems like yeah, team jokester, and everybody gets along he's with a, him well. Uh, who's your pick? That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I mean, he's in the conversation. Pulisic's in the conversation. I mean, maybe Eunice Musa is now. Does Musa automatically in the jump? Conversation. Reina. They're the same age. <sighs> he's stronger on the ball. Uh, maybe like less of like a creative playmaker than Geo, but he's just he's just so steady. And Geo's had his struggles at Dortmund this year. Uh, I think I would I would take Musa over Geo right now. As tough as it is. I don't know. He's not he's not flashy. He's just He's consistent. He's a yeah, he, strong two way player. Kinda, he reminds me of um a mixture between Dempsey and Bradley. I'm not a huge not a huge it's Bradley a pretty good, fan. Pretty I never good was. But I can't argue about the fact of his on-the-ball work. He's always good at just, like, being consistent in the middle, which is why he had such a long career. But he, Musa has more of that upside of where he could become that secondary start like Dempsey. Some would argue, like me, that Dempsey was a number one star, but, you know, he, he grew up in the, the eyes of Landon Donovan, the greatest U.S. men's mm-hmm. national player ever. Just that's a hard, it's a hard sell. That's 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 who I think yeah. Musa reminds me the most of. Basically, I think Musa is going to be a steady starting player in the U.S. Men's National Team, and he's he. I, we're so lucky that he chose us. We're ex, I'm excited to see the way he works in that middle with Weston and Reyna and Christian, and get to see those. We haven't seen those pieces together quite yet, so it's going to be really exciting to see those guys work together and what they can do these next coming months towards qualifiers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing them all play together. I think that'll do it for our kind of discussion today on uh, the soccer news going on or with St. Louis and the U S men's national team coming up, look out for a couple of interviews we've got with uh, Toby Adewale, former two, a uh, former St. Louis FC player who's now part of Phoenix Rising. And then after that, we will speak Burner. with John Burner, St. Louis FC's <laughs> former former goalkeeper who is now a men- member of Memphis. Yeah, him and Kadeem are hooking up there in uh, Memphis. It's going to be something really cool to see. Yeah. So go ahead and Catch keep your guys' eyes teaching. out on our social media. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter, SC and We'll keep you updated on when those interviews are going to come out and what you can hear from them. Let us know if you have any questions. All righty, Will. Well, that was a great conversation, and uh, we're out.